This episode of Grunt Work brought to you by the Binford Nickel-Plated Screwdriver. Just one of many pimped out and bedazzled Binford tools. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Grunt Work, the podcast where we watch Home Improvement and... Recap every episode. Yep. Yeah. Um, until we die. <laughs> uh, or until we finish watching the series. Or until you die. Or until um, uh, existence blinks out of well, I mean, reality. If you think that existence ends, I mean, wouldn't that count as everyone dying? Or is that different? Uh, I guess that depends on your definition of death and consciousness and energy transference do you have a neighbor who stands partially obscured <laughs> behind a fence? Because he could really help us through this one, I, I am think. neighbor. Oh, wow. But why can't I see all of your face? What the hell is this? <laughs> like, all of the all the prophecies were wrong. You can see all of my face. The listeners can't see any of my face. Oh. It, balances. It, all, it all comes out in the wash. <laughs> On average, people can see 50% of your face. Exactly. Between me seeing all of it and them seeing none of it. <laughs> Um, yeah. Well, okay. You haven't got a picture. You haven't got a picture on the website then. I guess you're partially yeah. obscured by the by the beard. Well, yeah, the beard <laughs> and the headphones smacking you in the mouth. That's true. Yeah. Um, well, welcome. Uh, I'm Landon with my co-host Truman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm I am Truman, and and that is Landon, and here we are once again. Yet again. Uh, episode ten. We've done ten. That's like a. I feel like a good milestone. episode. Yeah. Yeah, I think I feel I feel pretty good about the ten episodes we've done. I think yeah. some of some of them have been better than others, but I think sure. all of them have been a good use of our time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I can't picture anything being more fun than doing this. Oh well, I'm I'm both touched and a little bit sad because off the top of my head, I've got SeaWorld, I've got the uh, the Smithsonian Post Office Museum, I've got oh man, there's just just so many things. USS Constitution yeah. tour in Boston, right down the street. There's the Museum of Jurassic Technology. Oh, that's wonderful. That would be a lot of fun. <laughs> then even further than that, the Museum of Tolerance. Oh yeah, and then and then uh, even further than that, the Museum of Broken Relationships. Uh, if people had more tolerance, maybe fewer broken relationships. And speaking of broken relationships, oh yeah, on this week's episode, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to buy as much time as I can before we talk about this episode because holy cow, I feel like we're going to be walking on eggshells because because of how much is about is about women and men and women. And yeah, there's a, this is a lot of gray areas here. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm, a very mansplainy episode, and I don't know that they. They correct themselves. They they claim to. Yeah, they. I think that the show. I I don't. I mean, I certainly think that we're there's eggshells to be walked on here. But I think the show it doesn't do a great job. But I think it does better. Uh, it does. It does okay. So it, I think at least addresses it and brings it out for a discourse. Like I think the 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 perfect show. It would be kind of fifty fifty. Men get their say. Women get their say. Right. And it's shown that that both genders have their strengths and their weaknesses, and that we have to find some sort of common ground. And I think mm-hmm. that the way that this comes out is more like sixty forty, where it's like you know the show still is trying to put men ahead, but women get a few lumps in right and how much of that is just because it's uh tim allen is the driving force of the show and, yeah yeah uh, well to give let's give our listeners some context yeah. give us the synopsis of this thing I, you don't think they're enjoying just hearing us kind of speculate about <laughs> the episode that we saw and they didn't so folks uh so this episode begins with uh tim in his garage uh, with the chassis of a hot rod that he is going to build uh and he's very excited about this we're gonna and, see every nut and screw 
put into this thing over the course of this coming season or two. Yeah, when when uh, when you say we're going to see every nut, I don't know. I'm not even going to finish that joke. You can finish it yourselves. It's like a kind of do-it-yourself, assemble it. It's like the, uh, you know... It's, DIY jokes. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, like a, it's like a model, uh, you know, model car that you build yeah. with your dad using it's glue and stuff. It's technically a home improvement joke. Yeah, basically, it is. You have, to, you have to build it, you have to use a wrench and know what you're doing. I bought that joke at uh, Home Depot. Oh, nice, nice. Better than Ikea. Yeah, yeah, but not as good as Lowe's. <laughs> uh, you can tell who's paying us for this. Okay, how am I digressing so much? Get back into the, the synopsis. synopsis. Sorry, that was my fault. No, I think it's on both of us. We share the blame. Basically... Tim wants to build this hot rod out in the garage, but Jill is after him because the sink has been clogged and he needs to fix that. He goes to help her with the sink, come to find out that Jill has been haphazardly trying to clear the sink clog herself using some of Tim's expensive tools, just kind of th thrusting them down there to try and pry out this gunk. That upsets Tim. Tim tries to teach Jill how to properly fix the sink, but uh, Tim is an impatient, crappy teacher who can't do anything without yelling at his wife. Yeah, because, mansplains a lot of it. Yeah, ma mansplains it and gets angry at her for not knowing things, which isn't... You're not the good guy in that situation. I shouldn't... You know, this isn't the time for analysis, but still. <laughs> uh, so they have this this fight because he, you know, because he tries to teach her this stuff, is after her for not knowing this stuff, but then doesn't do a good job of trying to explain it, just expects her to know it offhand. Uh, then he does a segment on Tool Time where he's talking about how women don't know how to do anything and how frustrating that is, and then says, well, next time on Tool Time, we're going to have a bunch of women on the show and teach them how to do stuff, because women just play with easy-bake ovens and don't know uh, crap about how to do anything. Uh, they they have to jump through some hoops to finagle an all-female audience, and they have uh, three women come down to uh, teach them. You know, Tim and Al have three women from the audience come down to teach them uh, how to do some home improvement tasks. One of those women is Jill, who has come to the taping and who Tim makes a point of dragging down. And, uh, yeah, the women, um, one of the women kind of schools Tim on home improvement, and one of the women uh, goes backstage with Al, and one of the women makes up with her husband, because that woman is Jill, who's married to Tim. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then by the end of the episode, uh, they have more or less made amends for Tim's yeah. bad behavior, and uh, Tim and Jill go for an imaginary ride in his imaginary hot rod. That's right. Yeah, that's that's the that's it. That's what happened. So see you next week, yeah, folks. Thanks uh, for tuning in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is we we watch it, so you don't have to. <laughs> I, I'm glad that this episode utilized tool time yet yeah. again. I, that, so that I think is good. I don't think they necessarily utilized it in a great way yeah. what, with the sexism, but at the same time, I feel like people on the like. They at least were acknowledging that the shit that Tim is saying is not okay. Like right. with, uh, with Al's repeated... Every time Tim makes a really misogynistic comment on camera, Al will read off the address for hate mail and eventually <laughs> go so far. such a funny joke. Yeah. I love that so much. We should try to send something to that address. Oh, God, yeah. See, see, what, see what we get. Or if it's Some just... P.O. box in yeah. Detroit. They may be... I mean, how much is it to keep a P.O. box open? I probably... Maybe they're still getting uh, tool time letters there. It's at Disney, but they're still getting, getting hate mail. Hey, yeah. Uh, Mr. Taylor, it's 30 years later, and I'm aware that your show is fictional, but I was quite offended. Uh, it gets it gets to the point where, where by the end of the segment, uh, Al is just holding up a sign with Tim's address yeah. written on it, which begs the question, did he have that made at Kinko's ahead of time, knowing that Tim was going to step in it? As Tim stepped in it before, and Al was like, God, why didn't I have this thing ready? Right, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's There's a lot of... Uh, uh, prop comedy 
yeah. in this where uh, people are investing quite a lot of money just for the sake of a joke. Yeah. Uh, Jill has a, a, a cap at the end of the episode where she enlarges a photo um, that is virtually useless. Um, yeah. She So in the opening scene, Tim um, is trying to get her to envision this finished hot rod. He's like, this is how I see it. And he opens up this magazine and it's this uh, finished 32 or 34 Ford muscle, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever it was called, uh, Roadster. Um and there's a, a supermodel laying on the hood, as was pretty common in the Hot Rod magazines. I, I will say, in the shot that they got of that magazine, it, it not I couldn't really see the supermodel that well. Mm. There was like a lot of glare from the studio lights off yeah. of it. So, I'm it, normally it wouldn't upset me, but it's just I had a chance to see a good-looking, scantily clad woman, and it yeah. was robbed from me. And I... <laughs> and then in, at the end, Jill uh, wants to make up to Tim a little bit. Yeah. She's like, I know how much you like that picture in the magazine, so I enlarged it for you and hold it up. And she had cut out <laughs> Rita, the supermodel, lying across the hood, and it's just a big hole in this thing. It's like that was that was probably a good twenty bucks she spent just on a, a sight gag. Yeah, you know, Jill and Jill pulling a move straight from the Taliban playbook, just cutting all images of women out of uh, out of the thing. So should we just start at the beginning of this episode? Yeah. Where Tim is really, really excited about this uh, hot rod. Yeah. And um, it's you know the we get a, a a rusty frame yeah. for this roadster which is doesn't even have axles has nothing on it yet it's just a frame up on blocks he mm-hmm. says i went to every junkyard in detroit to find this thing yeah. and my first thought was go into a bunch of junkyards in detroit that doesn't sound especially safe uh <laughs> but you must really love hot rods tim well, to be fair, they are in Hamtramck, so when when people... So, being a former Michigander myself, when you well, say... Well, you're always going to be a Michigander. <laughs> you, you fair, can, yeah. You, can, right. you, can take, you read my heart. You can take the Michigander out of Michigan, but you can't take the Michigan out of the Michigander. Can you take the Gander out of the Michi? Well, listen, what's good for the Michi is good for the Gander. <laughs> there it is. That's the one I was looking for. Well, so, um, being a former... And uh, still Michigander. Yeah. Um, when people say they're from Detroit, they rarely mean the city. Yeah. They they use Detroit as a catch-all for the suburbs. For, sure. And I, just for the sake of simplicity, I have said on many occasions that I'm from Detroit. Yeah. I'm really from the suburbs of Detroit. Sure. So how were the junkyards out there, though? I mean, there were safe <laughs> junkyards? Uh, have you seen Making a Murder? But yeah, he's got this plan to build this hot rod, which I am going to assume this is going to be a running thing, because I know they have a couple hot rods at the house at one point in a later season. I think uh, they make numerous shows on this, or numerous cars on this show, uh, because he does the Sudabaker at some point for Jill. Yeah. Um, So I think just between now and the end of the series, uh, he's just constantly working on some sort of hot rod. Which, again, begs the question, why isn't Tim just a mechanic? Because he cares way more about... like, <laughs> And he's more adept at it, too. Yeah, he's just he's better at car stuff. Yeah. I I could see this show also... just it, They could have just called it Car Talk and could have had the two guys from the mm. famous NPR program and it would have been more or less the same. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's pissed off at Jill because once again... And this is what it comes back to. They, right. You know, they, they, are, they are fighting... Uh, because Jill is misusing his tools once again. Yeah, we mentioned this in the last episode, where it's like, we've already had the episode where they fought about respecting each other's property, Yeah, uh, and yet they keep messing up 
you know, messing with each other's stuff. Yeah, and and she's doing the exact thing because the the issue was in the first one that she was chopping ice with his ice uh, with his screwdriver. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same thing. It's really not. She doesn't respect his tools. She just doesn't respect his screwdriver. <laughs> what did that screwdriver? Did that screwdriver kill her family or something? <laughs> No, no, I was going to go. This is a very theory-light episode, so I was trying to make something out of that in my mind. Not going to go there. You know, people have been murdered with screwdrivers before. (laughs) I'm just saying it's not outside the realm of possibility. Uh, We should do a segment where we just talk about which Binford tools would be best to kill someone with. I'm sure we'll we'll get demonstrations from Tim many yeah, times yeah. throughout the series. Or Al in, in time for the ending. Yeah. I don't know, that nail gun uh, would be mine of choice at the moment. But yeah, so Jill's trying to unclog the sink uh, yeah. with Tim's tools. And she got the screwdriver lodged down there. And then she goes and um, grabs a pair of pliers to get the screwdriver out. And it turns into this whole uh, old woman in the shoe sort of situation. Yeah, yeah. Is that how that fairy tale? Is that the, Am I screwing up my fairy tales? No. There the was an old woman who lived in a shoe. No. Yeah. Or was it, I thought it was like if you give a mouse a cookie, then that whole thing gets out of out If you of give whack. a mouse a cookie, then he you'll wants learn to, to fish forever. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and, and if you set a mouse on fire, he'll be warm for the rest of his life. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so, well, the the thing that so Tim is so angry at Jill because his mm-hmm. Binford nickel plated screwdriver, uh, she's gotten it lodged in the sink with all this gunk. Yeah, he even complains like, you know, I, I, you know, you should have fixed it, not just thrown tools down it. And but I, I don't like Tim is very precious about his tools, and I get it. But also, if Binford, which is the sponsor of Tool Time. Mm-hmm. So, in the last episode, Binford essentially bought them a whole new bathroom per the money laundering scheme of his show. If Jill ruins his tools, can't he just get more tools from Binford? Because if they're willing to splash out what is probably (laughs) $15,000 to completely RF his bathroom and then fix it again, another screwdriver... I mean, yeah, sure, it's still a personal property thing, and I get that there's sentimental value attached, but... Yeah, it's more of a pride thing, though. I mean, you remember a couple episodes ago uh, when he gives that whole... You you recited the monologue that he gave as yes. he was polishing the the tools, and, like, mm-hmm. that's what he's putting his care and love into. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, there's a pride thing there. Yeah. And it's less about the tool and more about the um, disrespecting the boundaries and the whatever. Yeah. But this is, and this is the same guy who, in the last episode, was putting on his wife's makeup and smearing <laughs> that, that expe- those expensive... Uh, 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 cosmetic products yeah. all over his face like a clown. Yeah, which is super... Makeup is super expensive versus free tools you get from Binford. Yeah. I mean, maybe this all comes into the nepotism. Maybe Tim does... Is a descendant of the Binford line. I think I think that would make that would make a lot of sense because how else would he have gotten this job? Well, yeah, yeah, of course. But also, maybe these are his father's tools. Maybe mm-hmm. these are the original Binford tools that oh. all of the prototypes, you know... Or these are the prototypes that the molds are made on, that his father handcrafted from steel. Uh, but yeah, so they just they get in this they get in this big fight about fixing uh, about fixing the sink, and I honestly, it felt uncharacteristic of Tim and Jill because th- this fight gets pretty heated and angry, and it feels uncharacteristic of them because really Tim is just being a dick. Like yeah, yeah Jill doesn't know how to fix the sink <clears throat> because that's that's an acquired skill. Those right. aren't. You know, w- w- young girls are not being taught home improvement skills at an early age. Right. Of course, neither of us really were taught those skills <laughs> either. But I mean, but women. I especially. am no different than a schoolgirl. I I think I think we can all you know, I, complete with the pigtails and the blushing. Both of us just. Uh, I I have pictures. I could. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I skipped the whole way here with my lunch pail in hand. Uh, well, actually, I did. I did carry all the sound equipment in my shoulder bag, which looks an awful lot like a purse if you squint just right. Um, if anyone Google's my name long enough, they'll find pictures of me in pigtails. Oh God! Yeah, that's the that's the downfall of the internet. Yeah, man, you should stop. You should stop. You should use a pseudonym for this show. I should just change my name in general. Yeah, yeah. Witness protection. <laughs> it just seems uncharacteristic of Tim to be such an asshole yeah. that he. That he's on a show that's about educating people about how to fix their home, but mm-hmm. then he is not capable of being patient and explaining things to his wife. Because, yeah, well, those like, aren't, like, mutually exclusive. I mean, on the show, he's just, it's a one-sided conversation. Yeah. He's talking to people, and he disrespects Al every two seconds. True, so. true, yeah. It's not uncharacteristic of him, necessarily. And that, that's fair, that's fair. But he, it's, it's, he gets mad at Jill for asking what things are called. Yeah. And it's like, well, if she doesn't know, it's logical to assume she's going to ask these questions. And so mm-hmm. I, it just seems boorish and almost emotionally abusive of Tim <laughs> to kind of be in this, to be setting her up for failure in this way. True. And the, and the issue is that every time he tries to teach her, he winds up yelling at her. And it's like, yeah. well, come on, man. Like, you were such a great husband in the last episode. I'm only going to play devil's advocate for the sake of the no, podcast, because yeah, yeah, I definitely don't think he's in the right, but... Yeah. Um, picture yourself in a stressful situation. I hate when technology doesn't work. I do. And yes. if I'm in the middle of trying to fix something or try to explain something to someone and they're asking me, why do they call it a monkey wrench? Or, you know, why do they call it a USB? Like, if that's so far, like, for one thing, that was a strange line to have Jill ask, I well, feel Why like. do they call it a monkey wrench? Yeah, well, it just feels so uncharacteristic of her, because she is like, I couldn't tell if she was trying to play it as a stupid question, like, ironically, or if it was a legitimate question. Uh, it just, that felt very uncharacteristic of Jill. Um, but I could, you know, that would absolutely frustrate me. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm not saying that nah. Tim's in the right there, but I get where that frustration comes from. I think I feel like if you were working with if you were trying to teach someone about some tech technical issue and they asked like, "Well, why do they call it a USB?" your your angry Tim Taylor response would be, "Yeah, it stands for you should be quiet and let me teach you." <laughs> and then there's the transition is like a USB port plugging into a computer and it fills the whole screen. Cut to that Sears commercial about the air conditioners that was big in the 90s. <laughs> Uh, no, I, no, I get it. You're in a heightened state when, when you're upset about things. I just, you know, I would have, I would like to see, it felt like, it didn't feel like a genuine enough reason to fight. I, I, because it's a beat that they've they've heard before. So I, you know, and, but then by, by the, uh, yeah, by the end of it, they're kind of shouting each other across the house. And then as usual, uh, Tim leaves the situation with some baggage, with some with some pent-up anger and dissatisfaction, yeah. and what better to do than uh, talk about it on the set of his show Tool Time, a thing that has pissed off his wife in the past, yeah. and she's explicitly cautioned him not to do. Yeah, it, it has become, like, a thing now. I mean, we've established through all these episodes that he's going to use Tool Time as his soapbox, um, and he even approaches it in this episode in a certain, like... You know, in the in the past couple episodes, he's taken a moment. He's like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna break away from this. I gotta. I just gotta get yeah. something off my chest. This one is like almost a segment where he's yeah. like, now I'm gonna turn to the audience and I gotta ask you guys something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, now this is this is the segment on the show where I quit doing my job and just talk about whatever's bothering me. <laughs> 
well, so in the audience, we get this is another Tim talking directly to the audience mm-hmm. while while the mysterious producers stand behind the cameras and do nothing. If you can get a, a shot of one of these suit clad, well, the producers are real interesting to watch in this one. They're they're like they're like the fab like not like Will Smith Men in Black, but like the Men in Black as fabled and conspiracy theories. These suited <laughs> figures who kind yeah. of are at the at the background of everything. Yeah, who right. Are the they agents of Shield? Yeah, sort of deal. But he goes. He's talking to the audience. Nerds. These. <laughs> This audience full of of uh, of dudes with their with their bad glasses and strange facial hair. Two women. Two women in the, in the whole audience, and all of them wearing trucker hats again. But this episode is the first time where we find out that they actually pass out trucker hats mm-hmm. in the world of of Tool Time. Yeah, they pass out multicolored. They're not all the same color trucker hats. No, no, no. no. Some are red. Some are green. So, yeah, yeah, like green and white. Tr- so, so they give they give out trucker hats to the audience just. For the, but I don't even think the trucker hats necessarily have tool time written on them in every case. Uh, I think most of them do. Um, but so most of them... Some might say Binford. Here's my practical yeah. uh, reason for this. If I'm a producer of the show and an audience comes in, a Michigan audience, no less, comes in, they're not prepped on the uh, legalities of logos and stuff like that. So anyone that comes into the audience wearing like a Detroit Lions or Detroit Tigers hat... Is probably given a tool time hat. It said, "Wear this instead because we have the clearance." I think if you're a producer of Tool Time, you're not going to be thinking that much about that because you were up late last night getting a uh, briefcase full of Russian drug money, which you are then <laughs> spending on the production of the show to then channel that money back outward and into some oligarch's uh, pockets. <laughs> the last thing you're thinking about is like, oh man, rights licensing, the actual shit that I'm supposed to do as a producer. Yeah. No, no. Any producer who's who's actually trying to do his job is work. They're working on like cooking with with. Matilda or whatever that other show was. Irma, yeah. Cooking with Irma, not, yeah. Which I'm sure is just a flawless production. Yeah. Oh, well, we're skipping ahead a little bit, but I want to touch on that. Uh, I did find it interesting that, so the second time, the second episode of Tool Time within this episode, uh, yeah. when he invites all the women to have the women-only show. And it's a struggle to get that many women because he's yeah. pissed off every woman in Michigan. Exactly. Uh they they trick this audience of women into being on tool time instead of cooking with Irma. Now, what struck me as interesting is like he said that the audience for tool time is overwatching cooking with Irma. So, what this tells me is that this is like some sort of studio within Michigan that they at least have two sound stages. Yeah, yeah. That it, I what it make what it makes me think is that there's going to be a bunch of trucker hat clad dudes who <laughs> Who showed up for tool time and who leave and then like they go home that night and their wife is there and like, hey honey, step aside. I'm gonna teach you how to make crab rangoon tonight. <laughs> and like, but there's like 60 guys who learned one cooking lesson and just became much better husbands yeah. and more well-rounded people. And that and that not seeing tool time was the best thing that could have ever happened to them. <laughs> Meanwhile, all those women who went to see tool time were like, yeah, well, I mean, I I didn't really learn anything about anything, but it looks like he and his wife got back together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I just found that interesting. It's like yeah. this, this studio is more robust than, um, I initially thought. Yeah. There, there must be multiple stages mm-hmm. and I, I, we, but we still, cause it's not public access. It is a cable show. It's definitely cable access. So yeah. some kind of Midwestern regional cable outlet. Uh, one other kind of interesting thing is, uh, while we're on this track of the getting the women for the audience, mm-hmm. uh, he gets a phone call right before the second tool time. Yeah. And the phone call 
is to tell him we have zero women for the audience. Or yeah. we have two. We ex- yeah. have exactly two, which is exactly how many he had in the previous episode. Same two. Uh, it's <laughs> probably the same two. They're just big tool time well, heads. Well, as we find out, one of the two is Jill. Yeah. Uh, who clearly has a ticket ready to go because she wants to see Tim fail. Yeah. Um, but he ends that phone call by saying, thanks, Lisa. And oh, hangs up yeah. the phone. We don't even see Lisa in this episode Lisa's... or in the last couple episodes. We're getting close to midway through the season, and Lisa has been a ghost. Yeah. I, I feel like Sir Larry has more cumulative screen time in his one episode, counting his time in the box, than Lisa has had in the whole show so far. Well, so for how many producers and and technical people we see on the sidelines of Tool Time, why are they having Lisa, the talents, handle audience cattling? Yeah. Yeah, what? Is this just like on King of the Hill, how they have, like, the tank wipe is the lowest level job who just kind of has to do every bad thing? Is she, is she yeah, just, maybe. just anything she, we don't want to do, like carrying the mailbag out, yeah. getting hooted at by the audience, and booking <laughs> booking women? Or is, yeah. it, or is it they had Lisa do it because she's the only other woman there? <laughs> I mean, it's it raises a question for sure. Like, she's outside spinning a sign to get people like one of those big arrow signs say the tool time sets this way free tickets do you think they had sign spinners in the 90s i feel like that's a recent development only in the past like 15 years they've yeah. realized that people will be more inclined to look at a dude holding a yeah. sign. yeah the first thing my mind jumped to was um those uh, uh, flailing balloons oh yeah the, the the car dealership yeah uh, inflatable even, men i don't even think we had those i think the only thing that I can picture in my brain are, like, those big inflatable gorillas that would hang over oh, the front yeah, yeah, of yeah. auto dealerships. Yeah. Um, but that's about it. I can't I can't think of anything. They else. had a big inflatable owl holding a sign. <laughs> Come on down. With with Tim's address and, and uh, mailing stuff written on it. <laughs> that just made me think of Fargo, for whatever reason. Oh, well, <laughs> Paul Bunyan. Blue, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Blue Ox. Also, in... I think it's his first Tool Time appearance in this episode. Tim's tie has wrenches on it. It is covered <laughs> in monkey wrenches. Hey, Truman. Yeah. Why do they call it a monkey wrench? Because uh, it evolved from a a lower type of wrench. It, like a socket <laughs> wrench evolved into a monkey wrench. And then uh, the monkey <laughs> wrench is going to eventually evolve into a human wrench. I mean, if you believe that, or if you want to teach the controversy, it's because God said it should be called a monkey wrench, and then God created is going to later create an immaculate wrench that is perfect, but then that uh, wrench will will uh, try to loosen uh, the screw of knowledge uh, because the female <laughs> wrench told it to. Um, I'm pretty sure that's... Holy shit. Maybe one of these days I should read the Bible before I try to make <laughs> jokes about it. I don't know. I'm going to write to that P.O. box and say, Dear Wilson, why did you <laughs> call it a monkey wrench? <laughs> I like to think that Wilson is Wilson is doing all the correspondence for Tool Time. <laughs> that it's kind of, It takes a village to run this show because the producers yeah. aren't doing it. So, yeah, that's why I think it's called a monkey wrench. Why do you think it's called a monkey wrench? Um, oh, it's so easy a monkey can do it. Also valid. Just pulls a line valid. from the show. Hey man, hey, I, you. They, they haven't seen it. They they don't know. Broke my brain with your with religion your witticisms. Well, you need to have more open mind, Landon. <laughs> and the Lord of God, the Lord of God. Yep, the the Lord the of Lord God. of God. It's the sequel to Lord of War, where Nicolas Cage becomes a priest instead of an arms dealer. <laughs> that just makes me think of Face Off. <laughs> Does he become a priest in Face Off? I've got to see that movie now. <laughs> You haven't seen Face Off? No, no, because I thought it was an action movie. I didn't know it was about God. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nicolas Cage 
slash John Travolta think they are God at a certain point, almost. Really? Kind of. I mean, he has a God complex for sure. Now, well, it's a John Woo movie. I can yeah. I can see that. The, the doves are flying around behind him all the time. I'd think I was God too. <laughs> yeah, it's a really gross scene where he plays a priest and uh, he's like in disguise and uh, starts to make out with a nun or something. I Nicholas Cage. He's trying to like flirt with. Uh, he's doing like that weird tongue blah, 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 thing. Yeah, well, like the the like to say like this is what oral sex would be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's Nicolas Cage doing that. Yeah, yeah, that is Nicolas Cage. That is that is a straight up Cage move. It <laughs> is some caged wisdom. Uh, let's get back on track here. I want to bring up a moment where Tim, after their initial fight, recognizes that it got a little heated. Yeah, and uh, wants to apologize to Jill. This is before the tool time stuff. But, yeah. Uh, and then Jill says, thank you for apologizing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the end of it. But he expects uh, an apology in return. Yeah. I don't think that, like, he was the one who was out of line. Like, yeah, yeah, she used his tools, but he reacted to it in a poor way. And I thought, that was very big of you, Tim, to apologize. Good. What a functional marriage. But then, right. then he expects her to apologize for being yelled at by him. Yeah. For getting frustrated. Yeah, it's it's weird. But So that transitions us into the Wilson scene. Almost. I, I, there's the tool time stuff, but yeah. uh, he comes back to this Wilson scene, which is a fraction. I mean, it's a, mm-hmm. the, probably the smallest Wilson scene we've had yet. Yeah. Uh, but what Wilson says is very interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't even think it just applies to men and women. I think it just applies to communication in general. He yeah. talks about um, meta messages mm-hmm. and how you phrase things sometimes in order to gain a superiority over the person you're talking to. Yeah. Uh, in this context, it's Tim using these big technical terms for plumbing that mm-hmm. she obviously doesn't know in order to make her feel smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was a, a really interesting message. Yeah, I, I think so too. And that's why I'm willing to give this episode kind of a pass mm-hmm. for, for all the mansplaining is just that, that, just by just by calling these things out and pointing out the existence of of these psychological or linguistic or communicational things that men do to try and bring women down a bit or, or just to bring pe- that people do to bring other people down uh Wilson, by just acknowledging that Wilson is already putting the show kind of ahead of where all the other ones are that's true and you, i mean you compare this to like what was it which one had urkel family matters yeah 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 you compare this to what family matters is doing for for how dumb it can be and home yeah. improvement can be mighty dumb even though it's a great show uh, it at least it has these moments with Wilson to try and point out like yeah we get it we're having fun but this actually is a thing yeah. this is a real problem right right and yeah and he points out a uh, a very <clears throat> Interesting problem in communication just between people. Um, but let's transition, let's use this to transition into the all-women episode of yes. Tool Time. Yes, Because this is where I'm I'm a little torn on how they approach this subject. Yeah. They get the three people to come down, Jill being one of them, so two other um, women come down yeah. from the audience. And one of them is this kind of um, uh, brassy black woman, mm-hmm. and then another is this kind of ditzy young blonde girl who Al starts to <laughs> lose his composure over. She's, she she says, you know, she says, I'm still looking for Mr. Right. And Al just has no chill and immediately <laughs> drops the thing he's doing. Al is so perfect in this scene. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I was I was laughing my loudest yeah. at Al. Yeah, go on. But so the thing, I, I think it's interesting that they they bring this topic out in the open to discuss it, the difference between man and woman and their roles in the home and responsibilities. The th- The question I have is in the characters themselves, 
the the kind of brassy black woman is very much a brassy black woman. Yeah. And the ditzy blonde is very much the ditzy blonde. Who doesn't even want to touch the sink. Yeah. And is just stereotypically girly about it. So it's it's kind of a double-edged sword for me where it's like they're talking about this, but they're also, in how they're talking about it, demonstrating equal caricatures of women. I, I choose to look at it not so much as, oh, look, a, a stereotypical sassy older black woman and more like... Well, the, 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 I wish we'd remember this character's name. I got uh, it. Oh, it's, you got uh, a name. I don't want to just keep saying that black lady. Judith Potter. Judith Potter. Yeah. The, that black lady. And I'm uh, going to, sorry to interject. I no. have to drop this bit of trivia. Yeah, yeah. The drop. actress who played her. Yeah. Uh, her name is Janet Dubois. Ooh. And she is the composer of the Jefferson's theme song. What? Moving on up. Moving on up. <laughs> wow. Sharp. Good for her getting some acting in there, Molly. Well, she's also an actress, but uh, uh, yeah, she she did the theme song to the Jeffersons, so she's got like. She, then what's the fuck is she doing acting? That show is all that song. <laughs> a that show was popular. B that song is on every episode. Syndication yeah. rights, money coming in. You don't need to do anything you don't want to. do. I know. I'd say it's even in the top five theme songs of all time. It's it's certainly look. I have seen. Probably no episodes of the Jeffersons, but I have that song. I've always had that song stuck in my head. It was in yeah. that car commercial in yeah. the in the mid two thousands, and it's also just catchy. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Uh, but so her name Be- Judith Beatri- Potter. Judith Potter, not Beatrix Potter. That's a different. That's thing. a Harry Potter. Thing. Yeah, I think. Well, Beatrix and Harry Potter. Yeah, doesn't matter. Ju- Judith Potter, the girl who lived. Uh, <laughs> She takes the uh she kind of takes command like mm-hmm. her her like Al is going to show her how to or they're going to show her how to fix a uh running a toilet. running toilet and Tim is starting to explain you know oh well this thing to this thing and she quickly schools him on what the terms for the, the uh term. yeah the technical terms for the toilet tank are and then he starts telling her how to fix it and she's like oh no you don't want to do that you want to just bend the, this thing and like she she just basically bends the metal rod by hand to right. fix it herself uh, Tim makes a great joke about, like, oh, I bet that's not the first rod you've bent. It's <laughs> just like, no, it was not. No, I have bent my husband's penis to a 90-degree <laughs> angle, thank you very much. Slightly racist voice Truman's doing. <laughs> she, yeah, so she she shows Tim up, and I yeah. I thought, and, I, and that's the kind of thing that makes me say, okay, well, even though, even though you played into sort of a stereotype, but yeah. it is a show from the 90s, you can only ask for so much. It's fair, yeah. Uh, Tim has spent the whole show, you know, kind of talking down about women knowing how to do stuff around the house, and then he gets pretty much upbraided, publicly humiliated on his show by this woman who knows more than him, yeah. who then does this monologue to the crowd about how you gotta... <laughs> you, she's working... You know, she's gunning for her own show, man. That's the issue. She's like, you, got, you gotta learn how to do this stuff so your, because your husband is never gonna get his ass off the couch. <laughs> and that's where I thought this episode was gonna go. It's like, at the end, Tim gets a call, like, uh, yeah, we actually wanna bump you out of your time slot and do, uh, you We're know... We're doing DIY with Judith Potter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Potter improvement. But I, I, so I liked that. I liked that she made Tim look yeah. kind of a fool and well, showed that women can can do that. It's worth noting that Tim takes Wilson's advice about meta messages mm-hmm. uh, in the opposite direction, like too far in the opposite direction, where uh, he's like, "Okay, meta messages, great. I'll just keep it simple." Mm-hmm. And then he goes so simple that he's kind of uh, offending people's intelligence. And yeah. You don't know the technical terms. I'm going to keep this so that everybody understands. He goes like the floaty ball thingy, and she's yeah. like, "No, this is the, the ball cock. The ball cock. That's it." I'm glad you remembered that because I, was, 
And it had the word. I just know that from general plumbing. Wow. Well, look, look at you. Learn some things. I've had to fix a few toilets in my life. I that's that's I call the building super and just wait three or four weeks until <laughs> until he comes to do it and I just you just, just go out the window in the meantime. Yeah, yeah, and no, I just I just uh, shit at the McDonald's down the street. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, also, I, I want to quickly note at the beginning of this segment where where they're going to where Tim and Al are going to show women how to do some home improvement tasks. Uh, they've got so they've got a sink set up. They've got a uh, they've got a toilet set up and they've got an electrical socket thing to fix which they never get to the electric yeah they never get to it but so so tim gestures to the sinks we're going to show you how to unclog a sink fix an electrical socket and then fix a running toilet as he says fix a running toilet al is behind the toilet and for for some reason al briefly runs in place does like like a little running man it's great which i which (laughs) not in the script i'm sure i'm sure it was just richard Carn like well this is our 17th take of this thing and I just <laughs> and I just got the phone call last night that I'm now going to be a series regular. I'm, I'm going to say that Al is in his element uh, in the show because he's it's an entire show full of women. He's a sensitive guy. So yeah. He's probably uh, the character of Al is going to inherently act a little bit different knowing that he's with people who finally get him. He's not amongst the alpha males who are constantly keeping him down. <laughs> Those reedy, long-haired, toothless, trucker hat-wearing, <laughs> thickly bespectacled uh, bros who show up to the uh, tool time tapings. Yeah, exactly. Uh, can I also say that Al, for how clumsy he is about this lady being there, he's got some game. Like, he's able to get her backstage. Like, oh, do you want to sit down? Let me get you a soda. And they just, like, go off backstage together. Yeah, well, she's, like, she's super into it. And, uh, I mean, from the get-go, I mean, there's no... He doesn't have to win her over. Yeah. I mean, from the second Tim says, how do you feel about beards, she's, like, giggling her head off. Yeah. Like, oh, I love beards. Um, So, I mean, it was a a done deal. But what (laughs) I found really interesting is that uh, for once, Al leaves the show. Yeah, to go. Unlike Tim, who just goes off the rails at you know the drop of a hat. Al is like, I'm a single male. I have a lead. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Hose before shows. <laughs> so yeah, the okay. So then let's let's transition into the end of the scene where yeah. uh, <laughs> Tim awkwardly sends Judith back to her seat. Al has whisked uh, what was her name, Greta Post. Yeah. Uh, off into the back uh, to. To, to drink sodas on their picnic blanket. Yeah. Um, and that leaves Tim and Jill. And, yeah, and so Jill has come down for... You know, Jill did not want to... Jill is in the audience because she wants to see Tim fail. Yeah. He has brought her down kind of against her will, and she is claiming to be named Rita, which is the name of the supermodel in the magazine. Which, interesting, because she was on the last episode of Tool Time <laughs> while they were renovating their house. <laughs> so, yeah... The Tool Time audience isn't unaware that she is his wife. That's, wow. I should have, wow. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty deep. I did not realize that, but you're right. That, the fact that they, okay, well, the fact that they put that over on me, and we're watching these episodes a lot closer together than the people were in the 90s, shows how they were able to get away with that. Yeah. Um, okay, fair point. But if you take it at face value that the audience doesn't know who she is, yeah. it's kind of a cool bit. And I think this is a great usage, again, of Tim being the host of a TV show, that he can have his wife on pretending to be someone else. And they're kind of, they have this discussion about how, well, does your husband ever, you know, well, my husband never never taught me how to, to clean out the sink because he yells at me. And, mm-hmm. and he says the whole thing about how well he's using meta messages, which are what men use to make women feel denigrated right. and small. And it's kind of this cool moment where they they have this sort of candid moment talking to each other when they're both on camera pretending to that it's a different situation than it right. is. 
And I kind of wished it had gone on longer, honestly. Well, yeah, because when we come back, because that, like, that moment ends that scene, we yeah. go to a commercial. When we come back, everything is pretty much fixed somehow. Yeah. But they leave lots of, like, wow, what? there's 40 angry women in that audience, and yeah. Tim has done nothing but mansplain this entire episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of unresolved stuff there. I feel like uh, with uh, so many of these episodes, I, I like to think that they had, like, they shot an hour's worth of footage. They have, like, like if you watched the hour-long cut, everything would get handled, and you'd feel really like you'd had a full meal at the end of it. But but then they keep going, like, oh, shit, I keep forgetting. It's a 22-minute time slot. we got to cut it down. <laughs> well, well, what about the bit where he where he totally explains about, about you know, the toxic masculinity and how we need to embrace feminism even when it's scary and how, how women need to have better opportunities? Ah, cut that out. Cut that out. Just just go. Just We'll, we'll figure something out later. <laughs> just got to remember next time. It's not, it's not 60 minutes. Way to throw logic in my face. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I think they left. Uh, no, there's a, there's a lot that is left unsaid though, and I think that's kind of what makes it, it. It felt like when he and Jill are talking to each other on set, I could have bypassed all the stuff with Al and the stuff with uh, Miss Potter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could have bypassed all that to just have it be him and Jill having this kind of talk and working through their uh, through their their anger at each other yeah. uh, on on camera. Well, one thing that I think. There's not a lot to unpack in regards to this, but I think it's an interesting addition to this episode, which is um, the dynamic between Tim and Brad, which we haven't even talked about oh, yeah, Brad's yeah, little yeah. story, but the dynamic between Tim and Brad and Tim and Randy, yeah, uh, where Brad is interested in the hot rod and helping his father, and he's very much taking those manly traits, where Randy is like... He's already finished his homework, which is the the deal that uh, Tim makes with Brad. Is like once you finish your homework, then you can work on the hot rod. Yeah. And Ra- he goes, Randy, did you finish your homework? Randy's like, Yeah. He's like, You want to work on the hot rod? He's like, No. <laughs> and then walks off. I think there's something interesting there in this like uh, father mother uh, influence on children um, that kind of plays a little bit in, into like responsibility and interest. In male versus female activities mm-hmm. in the household. Yeah. Um, again, th- there's not much to unpack there, uh, but well, I, I actually from that scene, so that, that 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 little moment where where he offers to have you know says Randy, you want to help with the car, and Randy just goes no and walks off. That is that that leads into my favorite joke of the episode. <laughs> it was a great joke where he says to where he says to Jill like, where'd I go wrong with him? And Jill goes, don't worry, he's not yours. <laughs> <laughs> Which that leads me to believe, I don't know why I thought this, but like maybe, maybe Randy is Al's kid. Maybe Al and, and Jill had a fling before well, you know, nine years ago. It, what's interesting is that I, I've been trying to place how long Tim has known Al. Because from the start of the Home Improvement series, yeah, it doesn't seem like Tim knows Al very well. Yeah, uh, And he's like s- just starting to build a dynamic with him. Uh, this isn't like a tangent a little bit from what you were saying, yeah, but tangent away. I, I have no idea how long Al has been with Tool Time, or how long Tool Time has been a thing. Yeah, uh, I, I'd be more willing to say that Randy is Wilson's kid. <laughs> oh yeah, actually that might make more sense because <laughs> it does seem like like Randy could be kind of the evil version of yeah. Wilson, <laughs> Alpha which, and the Omega. <laughs> yeah, God and Satan. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That that okay. I okay. really didn't think there was going to be any evidence for the. 
Wilson is God theory in this episode. But... Well, also, he has a scarecrow replica of himself that he has <laughs> out true. in the yard. So, I mean, yeah. he's created he's created a likeness in his own image. That he's going to flame-proof before putting into storage, which I guess must be a thing. I... I, I mean, I'd say good idea to make sure nothing in your storage unit will catch on fire. But, yeah, I don't know about flame-proofing a scarecrow. I mean, I don't know. It's very strange. Well, you know, uh, Wilson works in mysterious ways. Yeah. God stuff. Uh, also, while I'm thinking about it, this, this episode, 23 grunts, folks. 23 oh, wow. grunts. That's a huge leap from last week's it's, five. I know. It's it's quite a lot. And I think it's just, uh, well, you know, it's him out there with the, him talking about the car and yeah. then him. Uh, he also, in in his early fight with Jill, when they, they raise their voices, raise their voices, and then eventually he mm-hmm. just starts grunting at her. Right. And then at the end of the episode, when they're pretending to drive in his car... Oh yeah, uh, she oh, snuggles up against there. him and grunts, and then he starts grunting. <clears throat> yeah, the post-credit scene. Once they've made up, they're both sitting in the the rusted frame of the car, and Tim's yeah. having this little fantasy drive down Woodward Boulevard. Yeah, and uh, Jill joins him at a certain point, and you, you know the way I expected that scene to end is Jill puts her arm around him and says, hey, big guy, what about we go in the back seat? And Tim goes, and then they both, like, get off of their milk crates and they mime (laughs) opening the doors and go around and they mime opening the back doors and get into the back and then sit down and um and then it just just goes full on right into the sex it's <laughs> full, full super porn yeah, yeah, yeah what was the porn name we came up with super last porn? episode oh um bone improvement no that's that's no that's not it <laughs> uh wait the the por- oh yeah no it's a uh, butt light year <laughs> butt light year that's yeah. right yeah <laughs> uh or or butt tight year tight rear oh <laughs> To coitus and beyond. <laughs> oh man, nah. That, we should, the whole podcast should just be us coming up with porno names for things. <laughs> um, have you got? Have you got anything? Uh, I don't think so. the The last thing that I'll mention is the outtakes for this episode. Uh, you know, every episode ends with some outtakes at the very, very end. Yeah, is Wilson uh, dialogueless, kind of next to his dummy. His scarecrow, and they play the weirdest, oh, God. like pan flute version of that, the Home Improvement theme song. That, that's the that's the theme song for for Home Improvement uh, Peru or Ecuador or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Exactly, <laughs> it was very like quintessential '90s world music that kind of was really infused with the like Save the Whales movement, all that sort it, of shit at it, the time. It felt it felt I, the comment I made is it felt like Paul Simon's solo <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yes, and I like Paul Simon's solo stuff, yeah. but some of it was a lot like this home improvement song yeah, which exactly. was not great uh what actually one other thing i want to mention so the b plot in this episode that really does not even bear mentioning mm-hmm. aside from this is that brad uh and Rand randy is getting good grades and brad is not getting great grades and brad feels kind of bad about that right. and tim is you know just encouraging him like well it's that you try hard it's not really about the grade it's just about that you that you're learning and so the whole tension is oh how's he going to do on this next test and so he comes home at the end of the episode and it's like what did you what did you get what did you get and he goes i didn't get a c i got a c plus and tim and jill are both really excited and they they cheer for him and the audience claps but they give him like just the lightest smattering of golf claps it's like it's like the yeah yeah. like the dumbledore clap yeah it's barely anything it's like they didn't they it's like they didn't turn on the applause sign in the studio but (laughs) but just a few people were kind of like oh okay c plus that's all right i guess good for you (laughs) 
Uh, so that, that that gave me a laugh that he gets more encouragement from his family than he does from the studio audience. Yeah. Well, also, like, it's I, I was a little envious that he got such encouragement from his parents for a C-plus. Yeah. Because that was certainly not something I got. I, there would be... I mean, my parents, I, that was a very, felt very disparaging to my parents, but, I mean, a C-plus wasn't something to be proud of, Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like if, if I brought home a C-plus and it wasn't for math, there would be some discussion <laughs> about that. Like, my parents and I understood pretty early on that I was never going to understand math. And it was yeah. just like, okay, get through however you can. So you, you had, like, a, a bartering system almost, like a, like a categorized... Uh, you you cannot get below a B in English and uh, whatever journalism classes. <laughs> yeah, high school has a lot of journalism classes. I'm I'm, I'm sure I'm sure mine probably did. Uh, no, 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 it wasn't even like that. They didn't. They weren't on me that much about my grades, but it was just like there was a certain you know I would do re, you know A's and B's generally, but then mm-hmm. math just was never that good. I mean, I yeah. was I think more uptight about it than than even they were, but I, you know, if I came home with a, with a C plus or a C minus in an English class, it'd be like, well, that's uncharacteristic of you. But if I came home with that, if I came home with a C plus for a math class, it'd be like, okay, well that I'm not surprised by that. That's (laughs) you're going to pass. You're going to graduate. Yeah, exactly. Just do the bare minimum in math (laughs) to get by and go to college. That was the, the motto. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. Yeah. So, so on, on, on that note, do the bare minimum to get by kids. (laughs) You can find notes on today's show at our website, gruntworkpodcast.com, uh, where we post uh, running tallies, and we're going to be getting some cool stuff up there uh, in the weeks to come. Um, and you can also find all of our social media there. Uh, please share this episode with anyone that you think might enjoy it uh, on your on Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Yeah. Uh, you can reach us there at uh, gruntworkpod. That's our handle on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Um, please leave us a review, uh, rating on whatever podcatcher you might be listening to us on. And if you want to reach out with any omissions, any longer questions, if you just want to start a discourse about, um, masculinity versus femininity, um, femininity, feminism. Yeah. Feminism. (laughs) Well, femininity is also, it's, it's the uh, characteristic of being feminine. Being a feminine. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Just be to, just to, femininity is just how feminine you are. Like feminism is its own thing. They're two different things. <laughs> Our email address is info at gruntworkpodcast.com. Come, come, ask us anything except f- just don't ask for help with your math homework because we are not in any position to give it to you. With that, uh, Landon, do you know what time it is? Uh, I've never been good at math. Well, it's it's time to take another math class. Uh-huh.